the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff, management, or ownership of this station. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good morning. Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we're talking savings, investments, and your retirement here on the Max Out Savings Show. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively and invest conservatively. It means putting away a minimum of 10% plus your company match in your in your uh, company savings programs and, and just let it build up over time. Uh, 10% plus the company match. If you're, if you're over the age of 50, that's really when you want to sit there and start putting away the money. Uh, that tends to be your peak earning years. Uh, and, and, and if you're behind schedule, now's the time to build up, to build up the wealth. So, so by doing that, this is, this is the most foolproof way to build up wealth. And, and that's why we always really try to talk about that. Uh, the other thing is, is look, we've had a very rough year in the market. This has been, you know, at one time the market was over down over twenty percent. It was I think the third worst, third or fourth worst start to the stock market in one hundred and twenty years, and uh, it, it was. Uh, and so this can shake you from your savings program, but but you can't let that happen. You've got to continue to put away the money. You've got to continue to. Uh, every paycheck, put the money away. Now, maybe you need to adjust your your investment program. A lot of people out there are finding they didn't have the right investment program. A lot of people out there are finding they really didn't have a, a, a risk mitigation strategy at all. I, you know, uh, sticking the money in a, a 60-40 with uh, the S&P 500 and the IFA on one side and then long-term bond funds and the others worked well for the last 10 years or so, but but, the, but you know, when we go into a bear market, it, it really is not the place to be. And uh, what, what what we saw is 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 that the the, uh, the tech sector really was dominating the market in so many ways. It, and, and, and so, so so what 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 happened was is 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 many of these tech stocks be, became much much bigger than they should have been on a market cap basis. And 
And now we're having the correction that we talked about. We'd listen to long-term listeners of the show know that we, we've talked this, uh, you know, for, for a year or so saying the tech was out of control. The valuations were extreme. It really culminated, I think, I think I want to say in November's show, right near the top when we pointed out that, that five, I want to say it was five or six stocks had the market, had about a $9 trillion market capitalization. When we pointed out the U.S. economy only had about a $21 trillion GDP. And so when the started going, stock started going down, there was not enough money in the world to keep them up. And pretty much that's what's happened. But we're actually seeing some, some of the tech stocks, some of the big meta is Facebook is, you know, is getting, is heading toward the, the, the March 2020 uh, 20, uh, lows uh, during the pandemic, and we've seen a number of the tech stocks go that way, uh, as many of the, these these stocks are round tripping and, and going back down again. Uh, the look at you know the, some of the other the the pandemic stocks, things like Zoom, are back down to the levels where they were during the, during their pandemic low. Casino stocks, same thing. Uh, we're seeing these stocks round trip, it, 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 and so. But the, the problem with that was was the size of the of the technology in the portfolio. You see here somewhere I've got a. Well, I have it right now, but it's uh, a list, and it's surprising how technology. Not only was it in the technology sector, but it made up a good portion of the of the uh, of the consumer discretionary. As I think it's forty percent of consumer discretionary. Consumer discretionary was tech stocks. Yeah, uh, Amazon was one of them in there, and and, and, and so it, it, and the same thing with information processing. Uh, the same thing with with other sectors of the market, and so really it, it was much more dominant than any anybody believed. And, it, and it, so this has been just devastating to many investors' portfolios. It, again, it shows the importance of in the need for risk management. For, uh, program in a portfolio. We've had inflation. Inflation, we recently had uh, well, about 11% inflation on the PPI. Uh, that's a pretty strong number. The most financial advisors, most money managers were not around uh, to, to manage money during the inflation. They didn't even know anything about it. Was, one of the things that surprised us is how many portfolio managers had long-term bonds in the portfolio in the face of of, of Five six percent inflation. I mean, it was. I mean, this inflation didn't start last month or the month before. It had been going on for for a year, and it just kept building and building and building. And they 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 didn't know how to to manage money in an inflationary environment. In an inflationary environment, you do not want to own long term bonds. Now, there is a color. You know, there is a. During the late seventies, eighties, it sort of paid off because. At the time, uh, at the time, the uh, the, the long term bonds were yielding seven, eight, excuse me, I'm sorry, ten, eleven, twelve percent. And so nowadays, uh, the bonds were much lower. And looking at the at, at the long bond here, bear with me just a second. The the long bond back, back during 20, 2021, when this inflation was starting. The long bond was at one, not the long bond, the 10-year bond was at one and a half percent. How how did in anyone's investment philosophy owning long-term treasury bonds at one and a half percent when inflation was at the time running five, six percent made no sense whatsoever? And, and because if, if the inflation was going to keep up, it was going to completely destroy the bonds. Now, if 
and then we ultimately had inflation hit eight, nine percent. Yet it even then when it was up around eight, it went to one point seven percent till it finally started you know, people just suddenly, oh my God, this inflation for real and, and it's not transitory like everybody said it was. But but the problem was is they they didn't understand Inflation, if anyone that goes looks through any type of economic history would have seen this coming. But but looking back, I mean, we've had the, the, the inflation topped out about 1980, 81 or so with Paul Volcker raising rates close to 13 uh, percent. And so here we are today that the rates are still too low. But during that time, we just talked about devastating for bonds, for tech sector, other sectors, commodity stocks have gone up. Uh, oil and gas has gone up. Oil and gas has had a very good year. Uh, so there are opportunities. Short-term bond funds didn't do too badly. So there are ways to do things. But the key is to protect your portfolio, get with people that are going to manage your retirement, can understand a changing world, that can understand what's going to happen, that can adapt to it. It, it. And this is we're just seeing way too many people that, ought, that quite frankly, have no business managing money, that don't even know what they're doing out there uh, managing people's retirement. Now, a couple things here. Wanted to take a look at. Uh, we got quite a bit to talk about on the show. Uh, you can always give us a call at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. The, well, you know, trying to see here. We've got just. Yeah, we've had a good move up in the market here so far for for for, uh, for, for uh, July. I can't believe it. July is almost over. I mean, the time is. I know it seems like August since it's been basically hot all summer long, but uh, the, the the market the market's had a very good run in in, in July after bottoming nearly down twenty percent. It, it, it's 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 had a, a relief rally, and so the question is is where do we go from here? And, and I think the answer is is that I, is that this is a this is a bear market. Uh, rally. And if you look at it, we, we've gone back up to the about the 100, 100, uh, 100 week moving average in the S&P 500 off the bottom. Uh, the If you look at it on the daily, on the oscillator, it, we're right up at the 100 day uh, on the on, on the uh, on the S&P 500 as well. So it's going to start. It's had a very good run in here. I, I think we're going to run into resistance. What are we looking at right now? So where do we go? And, and I think I think we have to look at this economy pretty closely. We just came in at, at uh, the second quarter GDP down nine tenths of a percent. Now, that, that which it was it declined at the first quarter as well. So, so this is two quarters of negative GDP growth. That that is the. Classic economics 101 definition of a recession, which means we're in a recession. Now, are we in a bad recession? No, uh, but we're very clearly in, in a recession. Now, uh, the Biden administration is trying to spin the narrative like everything else. They create a narrative. They want to create this somehow vision that, that, that people see that, no, it's really not a recession, but we are in a recession. It, 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 and one of the most important things in the world today is you have to understand what the truth is. And this is really important because the media, mainstream media complex out there in, in, in corporate America, they, they spin these narratives that, that, that aren't based on truth. If, if you're not dealing with truth, you're completely lost. 
And so you really want to dig down and get and try to understand what the truth is. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to the people that are spinning things. Don't listen to these narratives. Don't listen to the gaslighting telling you something that's not true. Look and try to discern the truth. And so where do we stand in the economy? Look, is the economy slowing down? Yes. A couple areas we're seeing quite a bit of a slowdown. One of them is the housing sector. Uh, earlier this year, uh, about six, six, nine months ago, mortgages were about three and a quarter. They, they've, wrote, they've risen up as high as six. They've backed into the mid fives. That's making housing more expensive. The, the price of, of, of everything in housing has skyrocketed. People can't afford this. So we're seeing housing is slowing down pretty dramatically. Uh, other sectors are holding in pretty well. The auto sector, people are still buying cars. They can't get cars. There's a delay in getting cars. There's a delay in getting, you know, parts for everything from tractors to, uh, to transformers, you know, you know, there, you know there's a there's a two year backlog on electric transformers, which is, you know, I don't know what to say about that. You know, it's kind of like the consumer chip, the the semiconductor chips has suddenly vanished as well. But uh, but you know, I've heard that up in uh, I've, I've been hearing that in a couple different states. People told me, look, there's backlogs of that. There's backlogs that uh. Uh, a caller called, there's cements on allocation. So there's so many things still in, in delay, still in backlog, uh, that you still can't get the parts. So other parts of the economy, the, the manufacturing sector is doing well. Uh, we're in the process of, of, moving, uh, of moving our factories back from China. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in the second. second so there's some pretty big issues coming up there. So, so parts of the economy are slowing down, but other parts of the economy are doing pretty well. When, when so technology is slowing down, uh, to the, the, the tech stocks with the collapse of, of, of the of the tech bubble, a lot of private tech companies suddenly don't have cash. They're having trouble raising cash, but they're but they, they you know there was a famous there was a letter sent out by one of the big tech comp, uh, the, the big private equity firms that basically everyone on Wall Street got a copy of, saying that look I, I, we've been through numerous uh, sectors. I think it was Sequoia. Uh, Capital uh, that we've been through several of these cycles, and if you don't, when 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 the money dries up, if you don't make sure that you're not burning through cash, if you don't have a way to fund your company, you're going to go out of business. And if you don't do it sooner, uh, you want to do it sooner rather than later, so you can you can extend the life of the company and get it to where it needs to be. So. So there's a lot of layoffs in the tech sector. All the big companies are slowing down. Housing, there's slowdowns there. Other parts of the economy. They can't look. We can't grow oil and gas production because if if Exxon tried to to you know increase oil and gas production thirty percent and ramp they couldn't hire the workers right now. They still can't. They can't get enough through rigs. They can't get enough pe- people. And so other sectors are doing pretty well. Uh, we just talked about you know uh, generators, uh, semiconductors. They're building semiconductor uh, chip plants in in Taylor, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, up in uh, Ohio. Uh, New York, all over the place, trying to get the semiconductor capacity back to the United States as quick as possible. So all these things. So this is a bifurcated economy. It's not we're not going into a full blown recession unless the economic system destabilizes. And we'll keep you up with that one. But 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 understand we are in 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 a recession. But other parts of the economy are going to continue to do well because this is in many ways a wartime economy. We're going to explain that right after this quick break right here on the Max Out Savings Show. 
The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air... We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512NewMedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees Stayed Alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant, and since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Saving Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. I'm Ted Gioka. We're talking savings, investments, and your retirement. Uh, a couple, looking out uh, and, and seeing the world today, it, it, it's really interesting. Uh, the I, I said that we're we're in a wartime economy, and in many ways, uh, I, I think that's true. Uh, it, it, we 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 have shortages of product. We 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 we're, we're fighting a war with Russia, and and it, it's causing additional shortages. We already have shortages due to the COVID uh, lockdowns, and due to problems with China. And one of the things that's coming up very quickly is there's a story that Nancy Pelosi would like to to uh, she's she, she's going to visit Taiwan, and, and so this is supposedly going to happen in the next week or so. And and uh, the Chinese have said this is a red line that better not happen, and and uh, they're making threats. And and the the issue is 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 that. <laughs> China is acting very similar to the way Russia set with the red lines on, on, on the Ukraine in the Donbass region. It, it, we ended up in a, in a proxy war with with Russia. And looking at China, 
it's one thing to throw arms into 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 the Ukraine. It's pretty easy. You, you, you've got all the European countries right there. You just put them on the railroad or the truck or the plane and ship them over there. It's going to be a lot harder to supply Taiwan. Uh, the Chinese mean business on this issue, and and this we're headed to trouble. With, with, with China. We, we, we've not gotten tough enough with China. Taiwan is, is a critical uh, to the United States. They produce about, some say, some things, 92% of the, of the semiconductors uh, out there in the world. If, if we end up with war with China over this, according to the, the RAND Corporation, we could be looking at a 5 to 10% drop in GDP in the United States. The problem is, is they control so much of the semiconductor sector. This is why we're trying to get our semiconductors back. I mean, it's just unconscionable that we let ourselves get into this situation with China. So, so here we are. So, so, so we have to sit there and understand that, that, that this is a problem. I mean, this is why you're seeing the scramble to get, get the products back. Uh, it, it doesn't appear. I mean, we've had these issues with China before. Uh, we, we've had them in, in the past with Taiwan. Uh, Clinton stood up to them, and they, you know there was feuding back and forth. But the problem we we didn't have the we didn't have they China did not have the manufacturing capacity that they have today in the in the in the tech. They don't really have an edge on us. What but what they've done is is they have cornered key parts of the manufacturing of different products. Now the semiconductor chips is in Taiwan. But it's still, most likely those are going to be bombed pretty quickly if China takes over. Or they might try to take them over and say, look, if we get peace, we're going to give you the chips. Either way, it puts us into a tough situation. We've already shown our hand with what we're going to do with Russia. I think that was a mistake. I think it was a huge mistake shipping Russia, uh, 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 the Ukraine, all that, all the missiles, all the, the Javelin missiles, all the other types of missiles, I, I think those, those things needed to go to Taiwan and they need to be in our reserve capacity. I, I don't believe we have enough munitions. I think we've been spent trillions of dollars on the fanciest airframes and ships and everything else under the sun, and, but we've not built up the munition stockpiles. And one of the things that's come out of the, the Russia-Ukraine war is you've got to have a lot of missiles. You've got to have a lot of artillery shells. You have to have a huge amount of bullets because in any war, they, they, they tend not to we, – we, we've been dealing with, you know, fighting some little nation with with some third-rate army. And, you know, it, we, we, we basically knock them out in 24 hours and, quite, you know, maybe they bomb for five days or 30 days just to – to make it really easy, but but quite frankly, they're, they're just pushovers. These are different things. These are different wars. These are tough. These are smart people. They've got massive amounts of munitions. We don't have them. We, we're pulling down our our, our, our our strategic petroleum reserve to keep oil and gas prices low for the election, which is further playing into China's hands. We're shipping over our munitions to the Ukraine, further pulling down our stuff. Some of these missiles we're not going to be able to get them for another year or so because we can't get the chips. So, so we're in somewhat of a bind. Uh, so we're, we're scrambling to rebuild this stuff. In that environment, you're going to see more manufacturing move back to the U.S. You're going to see more plant and equipment move. And so that's going to keep a recession at, at a more reasonable pace. I mean, because manufacturing is just not going to shut down if things slow down. There's just too much demand. It's, I mean, I can't tell you how many things have we talked about in this show for the last – Six months that you can't get it. There's one month, two month delays. I, I've taught one thing. It's every time I try to buy anything of any substantial value, there's a waiting list, it, it, and so that's going to take time. So, but 
understand this is some type of a war type of economy. This is a, a short, we have shortage of fuel. We have shortage of grains. Now, grain prices have fallen over the last month. Oil prices have fallen. But it, it, what did we say? We said, look, this is a commodity. This is a margin call in the commodity market that, that, that was engineered. They ran out and had all the executives tell everybody that the recession was coming and everyone was frightened. They started selling stuff off and it precipitated in a big drop. Looking at oil, oil went from uh, oil and gas went from about 121 uh, in in June down to 92 dollars, about right where it was before the war in the Ukraine started, 90 92 dollars, but. And now it's already up to 98. Well, look, I mean, Russia, Russia is one of the biggest producers of oil, third or fourth business, depending on which, you know, type of, of natural gas or oil or whatever, but uh, in the world. So oil prices should be higher. Uh, we don't think we're seeing the demand destruction uh, in the oil and gas sector out there. It, it, they managed to pump a billion, a million barrels a day out of strategic petroleum reserve. They've extended that into September, October. They're going to keep it going till after the election, but then you're going to lose a million barrels of oil and gas after that. And so that's going to push oil and gas prices up. What the, what the Biden administration is now trying to do is they want to stop insuring any ships that, that move Russian oil. So that's going to further tighten the market for Russian oil. So they're going to try to put a cap on Russia. So everyone agrees to pay a cap over a certain price price for Russian oil. So uh, to keep to keep the price down, but but it's not there's not enough oil out there. So the oil prices are going to stay high. But we just saw Exxon's numbers. Exxon Exxon reported on nearly twenty billion dollars worth of cash flow. I want to say I think about sixteen point something billion in free cash flow. Great numbers from Exxon. Uh, they're, they're trying to grow production, but it's hard right now. And uh, the, there, there's, there's not been enough investment. There's not been enough investment for the last three years as we talked endlessly on the Max Out Savings Show about, and oil prices are going higher. So so we're start, you know, so all of these things are adding up. It's not, it's, it's grains. There's still shortages of grains out there. Now they're trying to stop farmers. The Global Economic Forum wants to wants to uh, eliminate the way we farm. They want to get control of farms in the world. Uh, and, and so I, I, I think that you have all these different huge trends moving and shifting around. It makes it very difficult. Uh, you know, the, 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 as near as I can see, everything the global e- economic form touches just goes to hell. It, it just completely falls apart, but it doesn't stop these people. And George Soros and the rest are continuing to try. Look, at, he's put DAs in all over the United States, they, and, 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 and crime has spiraled completely out of control. Uh, you know, and, and it's just what's astonishing to me is is liberal Democrats they will live in hell on earth. You know, they'll get they'll get these DAs in there, these woke DAs and crime spirals out of control. The truly hellish places. I mean, New York is one of the most unsafe, violent places on planet Earth. They don't care. They just think it's it's perfectly normal that that you walk down the street and someone just stabs you at random or you're you're, you know, you're sitting in front of the subway waiting for your train. And someone it's just perfectly natural for someone to come up behind you and push you into the train. I mean, it, that liberalism almost is a higher level of insanity, it, it, and they just. It, it, I was talking to someone. They have like uh, uh, this this week. You know, they, they live in San Francisco, and there's like bums in the street and stuff, and, and sleeping on their doorstep. It's like it's all perfectly normal, and you're like, what? You know, it, it's it's astonishing. But 
but but all of these, you know, they keep moving forward these agendas. They, they had the defund the oil and gas sector agenda led by Larry Fink and BlackRock. Where did that do? Where did the, you know, if you if, if you basically did the opposite of what they did, you made a fortune in the oil and gas sector. I mean, almost take you, you almost call. take the okay, you take the other side of the trade with these people. So, but all of these things. What I wanted you to understand after saying all this is is that this the oil, the, the commodity are not going down. They're in short supply still. There's still shortages of, of oil and gas. There's massive shortages of grains. And even though they knock down the prices by by uh, margin selling, they're going to come back up and they're going to stay high. Anyway, welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. Uh, Ted, it's me, Randy. Uh, I've been noticing hey, a couple of things. Uh, it looks like uh, maybe bond prices and stock prices of bottomed out and we might be heading up to the upside and uh what did you think about that also uh i got a question uh if our standard of living is tied to our productivity in this country how, how can we increase our product uh, productivity and uh and thus increase our standard of living uh, th- th- okay you know I, a couple thoughts there um the on the pro, on the uh, standard of living, look, our productivity is going to go up because even though we're short on people, we're moving more toward robotics and things like that. We're moving the factories back to the United States, which is going to increase the productivity of the United States. Keep in mind, for the last 25, 30 years, we've been moving all our factories overseas, which means our productivity has been going down. So I think I think we're fundamentally shifting that back and moving it back. It, to the United States. And so I think you're going to see the productivity go up. It, it, it's, it, with the tighter labor force, companies naturally get more productive. I don't even care if it's just at a restaurant. People are going to try to figure, how can I get by with a few less people because it's so expensive to make these people more pro- that productive. So I think you're going to start seeing productivity go up. As far as the, the, the bond market and the stock market, uh, look, I, I, think the, I think we're in a bear market rally. I, I think... You know, probably best case, I would say maybe 4,200 in the S&P. I, I, I just think it's going to be uh, – I, I, I think there's too many unknowns in the world right now. I, I think the rates are going up. The tech sector artificially pushed the whole S&P 500 up. And now we're, we're going to this slowdown where, where, where there really seems to be a lot of pressure on the tech sector. And so I, I'm, just, I'm just not seeing it yet. If If – if the economy if goes down, you're going to see them cut rates, but that's going to be the economy is going to slow. I don't think the Fed can is can is going to pivot quite as quickly as everybody thinks. That because this inflation is going to probably be a little bit stickier, even though it's going to go down some. So I I, I still think we we haven't seen the bottom of this this move, Randy. Yeah, well, we'll see what I was thinking. Was, yeah, the Federal Reserve might be trying to. Uh slow down the economy and uh, whether it tells them their session or not, we don't know. But see, for me, I'm, I'm more interested in the supply side. Uh, we still got a lot of uh, uh, bottlenecks in, our, in, our, in our, our supply chains and things like that. Is It was just beginning to ease up any. It seemed to me that would be uh, – uh, and, and also uh, another thing, I have another kind of bee under my bonnet on this. They talk about high gas prices, but nobody said anything about lowering – or eliminating gas gasoline taxes to to offset that in any way. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. Uh, you look, my my thinking is is that with with the gas, I don't think this is slowing down the, the consumption of gasoline. Of it's, I don't think it's changing driving patterns a huge amount. 
uh, because I think in the last 20 years, cars have gotten much more efficient and we've had inflation. Now, this, don't, don't get me wrong, this gasoline is painful, but it's not like, it, 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 it's not, doesn't seem to be slowing down the way you would have thought it would have done, would have happened. Uh, because we still have to, we have to move. Keep in mind, a lot of gasoline and diesel fuel came out of Russia. That's all been shut down now. So we're, we're having to take our diesel fuel and gasoline over there. So I, I think it's going to stay up. And, and I, I, I think, again, a wartime economy. Look, we've got to get these factories. Every, if, if you're a major company, Randy, you, you're you're going to you got your supply chain issues, and so you're going to be looking, and, and the CEO is going to go, well, look, Randy, uh, what if something happens in China? How well are we protected? Well, sir, we get you know ninety five percent of our you know uh, widgets from for for our our our, our whatever it comes from China. Well, we need a second we we need a second source, and so they're going to second source stuff. What can we get in the United States? And so. I think I think that's going to put a floor underneath quite a bit of the economy. I think this is what's going to make us more productive. Look, this China situation, we we could be at war with China two weeks from now or two years from now. We don't know, but but people have to plan for it. Yeah, but but Ted, but Ted, you got these fools up there in Washington talking about raising taxes on businesses. How how is this going to bring back? Uh, over, companies that went overseas coming back here in the United States if they're going if they're not going to make any money. Well, that's a good point. Uh, a couple things: they're trying to level the taxation around the world right now at fifteen percent. But uh, what, what I, I think we're going to be the raising the taxes where that's coming from is is the modern monetary theory people, and what the, what they'll tell you with inflation is if you if inflation takes off, you raise taxes. On, on people and, and then that that slows down the, the the inflation and then as it falls you cut the tax yeah yeah that, but, the, but, but, that's but they're talking about raising taxes in a recession that that that's that's the issue I think here that I agree but the, you, the, the, these are the same people that said you can spend as much money as you want and you'll never have inflation I mean, uh, that's, what, have that's what I was saying that's what I was saying there's a bunch of damn fools up in Washington you know we got to get rid of these people in some way all right Ted thanks a lot I uh, good talking to you. Thanks. Same, same, Randy. I think you hit the nail on the head, Randy. Look, we, we've got to get rid of these people. We've got an election coming up. It's going to be a blowout win for, for, the, for the Republicans. Uh, I think that could trigger a, 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 a big move up in the market. Uh, right now, it's too early to predict that. I mean, what's going to happen? A lot of people seem to think something's going to happen to prevent that election or, or whatever. It, it, and so we're going to have to get closer to it in order to sit there and see uh, – but 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 I I think I think we I think this this bear market rally's got a little way to go. But I, I wouldn't just you know bet the bet the ranch on it so to speak because we we are in a bear market. I mean we have um, this is the highest inflation since the 1970s. And if you go back to the 70s, it took them a decade to get out of that. I mean the inflation once it sets into the system gets really hard to get out. And it's really been astonishing what's happening. Yeah. I, I, it's inflation is cascading around the world because the dollar is going up. And remember, when the dollar has gone up about 11% or so, uh, depending on the type of a currency, 10%, well, that's making oil and gas or wheat or other things that are priced in dollars around the world more expensive, 10% more expensive for those countries. So we're exporting with our strong dollar. We're not exporting this inflation around the world. So this this is a big problem it's a big issue. We, we, we talked last week about the government of, of, of Sri Lanka collapsed because they, they couldn't feed their people. They came up with this new global economic forum. They, 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 they canceled the use of, of 
synthetic pesticides and fertilizers over there, and the farmers couldn't produce enough food. People couldn't eat. Uh, They they ran. The the president had to flee the country. I mean, and so this inflation is is, is a problem. I've said this on the show before, and I'll say it again. If there's one thing in the world that that if you do world history, you look back to world history. You have another call. It brings down governments, it's inflation. And that's what we got now. Tell you what, we got a quick phone call. I mean, we got a quick commercial break and we'll be right back to take the phone call right here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos. The company okay, Ted, you have a second caller. Their so two calls holding. With exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air... We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512NewMedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. In the 1970s, the big song was the Bee Gees stayed alive. Well, it was difficult back then to stay alive if you were a retiree. Inflation was running rampant, and since then, over the last 25 years, it's gone away. Well, inflation's coming back, and it's going to endanger your retirement. If you're a retiree, inflation is your biggest enemy. Hi, this is Ted Gioka of the Max Out Savings Show. If you need help with your retirement, I'd like to help you out. Go to MaxOutSavings.com. That's MaxOutSavings.com, and we'll show you how you manage through inflation. Don't let inflation destroy your retirement. On Radio.com, this is AM 1070, The Answer. The Max Out Savings Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. Uh, you got any questions or comments, give us a call, 713-339-1070. And that's what our caller did. Welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. Uh, yeah, good morning, uh, Ted. Uh, I just wanted to offer some comments here to what uh, Randy was asking, I guess, previously, uh, he's asking where is the productivity going to come from. And I think where the, where the, the, the government, I think, is trying to hope or hang their hat on, I believe, is, is primarily through automation and digitalization and that sort of stuff. I think that's what their, their hopes are. They're, they're pinning their hopes on that. And I think that's why a lot of the companies today the big pushes towards digitizing a lot of stuff, coding, all of that sort of stuff. But that only goes so far 
because if you're going to try to if you're going to try to have a manufacturing base here in this country, you know you have to have a workforce that can work with their hands. And unfortunately, you know the old days when you when you drove your your fifty or sixty sixty Chevy or whatever, you know you could pop the hood and work on your engines and maybe get your your son or daughter or whatever to help you out. And they and you know and they would work with tools. But today, you you've got to have sophisticated equipment to even attempt to do this stuff. So a lot of the younger generations now really can't really work much with their hands anymore. So, you know, it's getting to the part where the robotics and the digitization and all, that's what they're hoping is going to continue to improve the productivity. I mean, it remains to be seen, in my opinion. I think that's a tall order, but I think that's what they're hoping to do. But in any event, I think as far as a lot of what's going on, I think people have. I think people have to quit being in a state of denial. I think the country, you know, the leaders of this country, primarily, and a lot of the influential people, as you point out, the World Economic Forum are essentially, if they're not communist or socialists, they are communist or socialist sympathizers, and they're borrowing elements from from these economic systems to essentially implement this on a global scale. I mean, this isn't just affecting this country. I mean, we saw it in, in Europe with people crossing borders and everything, and look at the problems they had in Germany and everything else. And I think it, it, it's going to come down to where I think even the U.S., you know, half the country doesn't believe in a lot of this stuff. The other half either is empathetic or is for it. But we're going to have to decide whether, even though we've had several presidents as signatories on this World Economic Forum, we're going to have to decide, do we want to continue implementing what this organization, and believe me, there's a lot of well, ultra-wealthy, influential people in, the, in this organization. Oh. Hello? Chuck, looks like we, we lost the call there. Uh, uh, do we have the call back, or...? You have another caller waiting. Okay. Just to follow up, look, I agree completely with what we just said there. I, I think that's a good point. I think the one thing that's going to help us with, with, with rebuilding the country in, in, in the automation is we have to do it because we're going to have to stand up to China. But the Global Economic Forum, they're a problem, and, it, and, it, it, and I, I think we're going to have to stand up to them. It, it, and I think it's important for, to, to to operate in the best interest of the American people because we are the light of the world. And I think that that's going to and that that that's what our our real battle is going to be. Okay, welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. Well, hello. hello, welcome to the Max. Oh yes, uh, Ted, you were talking earlier about the uh, interest rates and. Uh, the interest rates are important to me in my business as a real estate agent. Uh, I've seen them go up from like March when I sold a townhome in the Montrose area. The VA buyer had a 2.75 interest rate. Uh, recently sold a townhome in the Galleria area, and those folks had to get a five-year arm at 4.375 for five, for five years. But it doesn't seem like it's come crashing down yet. But I don't know what Gaia Yellen is going to be doing at the Federal Reserve if she's going to jack up interest rates, uh, you know, uh, you know, further uh, than what it's currently at. What do you see down the future, uh, down you know, for the next year or so? 
That, that's a good question. Look, I think the long-term rates, I don't think they go up much from here. I, I think we're, they're going to they're gonna go to an inverted yield curve where, where the short-term rates are going to be higher than the long-term rates. We're already pretty much very near that right now. And, 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 and so I, 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 I don't think the long-term, I think they're going to try to slow the economy by taking, by taking the long-term, the short-term rates up. And as they take them up, that that's that's going to cause the the longer term people to oh things are going to slow down that's going to push down the longer term rate some and, and moderate some of the move up in in the mortgage markets, but 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 they're going to try to do it with the long term with the short term rates. So I, I think you probably it, unless inflation just explodes or something goes too, wrong, seeing that the six percent was probably the high in the mortgage at least for a while, but expect the longer term the short term rates to to go up in here. Yeah, uh, because my concern is the, the the current interest rates right now are not really killing off the demand for housing. Although buyers now are have to reevaluate. Hey, uh, Ted, you have another call. Oh, okay. But yeah, go ahead. I'm afraid that you know I'm just afraid that they're going to go up to nine or ten percent just to try to kill inflation. I, no, I don't. I think I think what they're going to try to. That's a good point. My thinking is they're not going to do it on the long end. That's what Paul Volcker did. I think they're going to, well to, to some extent. I think they're going to do it on the short end, and you're going to have an inverted yield curve, which means you're going to have your long rates are going to stay down, but but the short rates, the the, the Fed funds, the 30-day T bills are going to go higher, and that that's really that's where it's going to come in at. Okay. So I think. I don't think so. I think you should be okay. But housing is what they. This is going to cool down the housing market. And that's the one thing that really dropped the GDP on this nine tenths uh, GDP number. Thanks for the call. Thank I think, you. I think we have another caller. Welcome to welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. Hey Ted, I I uh, heard you say something uh, earlier this year about gold that kind of caught my ear. You you said that everybody should have around 3% of their net worth in precious metals. But uh, if you look at the price of gold, it's quite a bit higher than, say, it was five years ago. Is now a good time to get in, or is there ever a good time to get in? Uh, look, I, I think it's good. It's a good time now. Uh, uh, gold has pulled back some, and, and I, I, I think it's going to go higher in, uh, over time. And uh, we, it's based up – remember, we've had a massive amount of inflation – come in uh, over the last two years. And, and the dollar is very strong right now, and the strong dollar is, is pushing down gold. We, we saw gold to go to 700. It's actually rallied up this week uh, uh, from, from the bottom, and, and uh, it's it, it was up about 3% this week, if I remember right. Yeah, about 3.15%. Yes, I think it's a good time in here because as the do- as the dollar starts, when it starts going down, or the minute that, 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 that Paul, that uh, that Chairman Powell, Fed Chairman Powell, uh, pivots to start cutting rates. Gold is going to take off, and, and if the recession, if, if we do go into a bad recession, gold because you know they're going to spend money and, and they're going to be gauging quantitative easing, and gold's going to take off again. All right, thanks, Ted. Love your show. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, so I, I, th- I think this metals are a good place to be in here. Oil and gas looks good as well. Uh, that big, as we talked about earlier, big numbers out of the oil and gas companies. I think that's going to continue. Uh, we're shipping huge amounts of they're going to, of gas to Europe. Uh, and natural gas is up around eight dollars for natural gas, which is just a great number. I mean, we saw that about ten years ago. We hadn't seen it in a while. So, and keep in mind, again, inflation has gone up over those ten years. Okay. Interesting. 
interesting. I wanted to just touch base. Uh, J.P. Morgan is starting a travel company. And, 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 of course, we have American Express and travel. Travel is one of the big, really uh, the big thing out there. And I'll tell you what's changed with travel is it's it's gotten – the flights are not terrible as expensive as they once were. To fly to Europe will cost about $1,300 or so. Well, it, it wasn't 10, 15 years ago. It wasn't much – uh, more expensive. It was. It wasn't. Uh, it was about the same price. And so, on an inflation-adjusted basis, travel has gotten cheaper. And with all the Airbnb, there's a lot more opportunities. I, I, I was surprised. I was overseas recently, and we're talking to to, to to the waitress at 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 a restaurant, and she's flying to the United States to go tour some wineries. It it it, it just shows you that the the ability for anybody to travel is is, is quite easy nowadays. It. And as a retiree, uh, you know, one of the things people want to have a budget, they tend to have a bucket list. That they want to go here and there. But it, 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 it get, you have the ability as a retiree, if you plan ahead, you can get some very cheap fares and travel at much much cheaper than, than you could 10, 20 years ago on an inflation-adjusted basis. And, and, and so it's something to think about. In all, in all the big companies are trying to get into the business because it's becoming such a huge business. Uh, so when you retire, you know you want to have a travel budget, and if you plan, you you can do quite a bit of traveling. By the way, as you retire, you want to do more of your travel earlier on. What we find people in their sixties in, in mid seventies like to do a lot more traveling. As they get into their seventy five to eighty five, they tend to slow down the traveling to some extent. But but it's truly amazing. And one of the more interesting things about travel is. When you go to these places around the world, the sheer number of people, you know, you go to places like to Venice or or I remember the Acropolis. Yeah, it was like going to the Aggie football game. I mean, it was like there were so many people at the top of it. I'm like, wow, uh, you know, going up the ramp to get up there. It was it, truly extraordinary. Uh, and, and so there are opportunities in travel. And, and, and when you're in retirement, you want to plan some travel. It's it's reasonably priced. And I think even, even today, I think it's a much better value than it was 10, 20, 25 years ago with travel. Uh, the other, other thing uh, see, I wanted to touch base on is the yeah, Germany. You know, we talked about interest rates. Germany, we just had a, a nine-tenths percent drop of GDP. This is the second drop of GDP, the first and second quarter. So we're technically in a recession in the United States. It looks pretty mild. Germany is a different story. Uh, German, the German 10-year, uh, about a month, a little over a month and a, a, month and a week ago, was at 1.76. It's down to 0.82% on the German 10-year. Germany's in big trouble. They don't have enough gas to fuel their their, their factories. They're not talking about having to 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 to, to, uh, to, to ration ga- ga- uh, natural gas. They're, they're, they're having they're, they're not even they won't even heat their, their homes in some areas until it gets close to winter because they're trying to store as much natural gas as possible. They really depended on on Russia for the gas. This, Germany is in a big problem, and, and they're 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 slowing down. Marketably, Europe is in much bigger trouble than the United States. I think you really have a really a, a, a very uncertain world. I, as we talked about, I think we, we, this is a wartime economy. There's shortages of many things. There's shortage of semiconductors. Uh, we have real problems with China, and all these things are adding up to a lot of different 
things happening. So I think you want to continue, although we've had a good market for the last month or so. I, I, I don't think this is the end of the bear market and it's happy days are here again. I, I think there's a lot of really tough issues. We got we got a very divided country. We've got uh, shortages of many products out there. We're going into recession. And so I, you want to continue to be cautious and manage your retirement cautiously. The good news is short-term rates are much higher. As we talked about, the one-year treasury, which you can get through your brokerage firm or your asset advisor. Two minutes. For your money manager, it's, that's about 2.87% or so. It's dropped just a little bit on just one-year treasuries. You can go buy those. They're super safe. Uh, short-term rates are going up. We think short-term rates are going to continue to rise. Uh, so there are opportunities in safer, safer investments in this market. You want to continue to have that defensive plan in place. But if you need some help, uh, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. Uh, you can request a free a Max Out Savings report. We'll put you on the list. It's a free report. We talk about all these issues. Last year, we were saying stay out of the technology sector. It's headed for trouble, and sure enough, we talk about retirement in there, uh, uh, how, you know, how, to, how to successfully navigate it. It's all in the Max Out Savings report. It's all free. Just go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. Or you can also request an appointment, and I'll sit down with you and, and take a look at your financial situation. So if you need help, go to website, maxoutsaving.com. One other thing I just wanted to touch base on, with our sanctions with Russia, we, 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 we've confiscated property from a lot of the Russian billionaires. Uh, we've also taken the, 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 the Russia's foreign exchange reserve. This is a huge mistake. It, it put property rights in, in the rule of law in question, is the United States and in, in, in in particularly England going to stand up for the rule of law and property rights? This puts a question mark in everyone's mind. This was a big mistake. We're going to talk about this more in the future. But, but the importance of the rule of law and property rights must be paramount in the United States. And that's going to be one of our big battles going forward because they're going to try to stop that at the Global Economic Forum and other places. We'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. Remember our model in philosophy, which is to save aggressive invest conservatively. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.